So I would say do your vision board like regular, find your pictures. Don't think so much about which pictures you're going to put on. Yeah. And then afterwards do this. It's going to sound really weird, but it's really cool. Finish your vision board and then take like a plain paper and two different color markers. With your dominant hand, that means the hand that you think with logically, that you usually use to write with. That's the brain that's connected to the part of the brain that you think with logically because that's the brain that you use. Write any questions that you have to any of the pictures that you put on your vision board or how you could actually go and achieve the goal. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. The show that brings you remarkable insights and practical steps to help you in becoming the best version of yourself. We're your hosts, Roz and Mike. We both didn't have it easy growing up. Through our story, we've made it our life mission to ensure every young individual will have the opportunity that we didn't have. This would be achieved through offering you unrivaled access to mentors and coaches and the opportunity to help you uncover how they impact our lives. Our vision is to have a world whereby we can all help shape each other's lives through shared experiences and carefully applied tools and systems that has been tried and trusted. Hello to our listeners today, guys, and thank you for tuning in to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. Today, we are joined by SD Rappaport, um, a creative journal expressive arts coach. Welcome, SD. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this. I'm excited too. I think I think this one, I'm, I'm a bit of an expressive person, you know. I like to express myself in music. I think Mike likes to express himself more in art, although he doesn't do it more often. Um, I'm trying to nudge him all the time <laughs> to get it done. But um, I think, yeah, this is, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But tell us about ST, you know, tell us about who you are, what you do. And yes. yeah. So I do quite a few things. Um, first, like you said, I'm a CJA coach, meaning Actually, let's back up. I first a relationship photographer. I do photography for couples. I take pictures of them in their ultimate state of love and connection. And what we used to do is like hang up their favorite pictures on the wall, like a vision board. Vision boards are great, but they don't really solve your problems. So I was looking for something else to help them. And that came CJA, where we mix in the journaling with non-dominant hands. We do art. And then you could understand yourself better and learn what to do in situations. So it actually does help you solve the problems. That's that. But besides for that, what I also do is something called Feuerstein. I'm a Feuerstein mediator and that works on the cognitive functions on the brain. Right. And it literally rewires your brain and the way that you think. Right. Right. Awesome. Wow. Okay. So a lot there. It's quite deep, isn't it? I know. (laughs) So many things were popping up in my head. I was just thinking, okay, you know, we're still in January. I know people are doing their vision boards at the moment now. What's one tip that you could give us quickly about, you know, how to do your vision board, you know, what to add? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say do your vision board like regular, find your pictures. Don't think so much about which pictures you're going to put on. Yeah. Then afterwards do this. It's going to sound really weird, but it's really cool. Finish your vision board and then take like a plain paper and two different color markers. With your dominant hand, that means the hand that you think with logically, that you usually use to write with. That's the brain that's connected to the part of the brain that you think with logically because that's the brain that you use. Write any questions that you have to any of the pictures that you put on your vision board or how you could actually go and achieve the goal. So let's say you want this. You could say, what is the first step I have to be to go and get this thing? And then answer with your non-dominant hand, the hand you don't write with, without thinking. 
that's going to get into your subconscious and will give you completely different answers than what you usually think about. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Mm, I'm sure our listeners are probably thinking that's a great tip. I'm going to, I'm going to take that and run with it. But guys, today we are not talking about um, vision boards as much as I would love to. Today we are talking about how cognitive functions can help you improve your intellect. Um, And, you know, obviously due to time, let's just get straight into it. So what made you get into your line of work, Esty? Okay. So actually as a kid, um, my mom, she like saw my mom's very she like owns a preschool and she's really into like education and stuff and she's all like me and a few of my other siblings I'm one of five like we had like different wow like things just weren't clicking in school like thank god I'm not dumb I actually have a few siblings who are really gifted like my parents opened up a school for them because they're like smart people but there were still certain things that just weren't clicking and like I couldn't read fluently till much later and little things like that and so she brought in this concept for your students actually of a guy he lives in israel he's not alive anymore but but then he was and flew him over here to america and he came and they trained people they like fluent instructors they trained like 60s people different schools also like trained some of their teachers in it and as a kid, I saw how much to help me. It's like these fun sheets that you do, and then you like learn these principles, as they call it, and then it literally changes the way you think. So right. when I turned 16, I was like, okay, I'm learning this. I want to do it. And it is fascinating to watch and see what it can actually do to people. Wow. Okay. Um, just for our listeners, you know, let's let's take it in bite-sized, bite-sized chunks. What is cognitive first? I think that's very important for us to clarify. Yes. Cognitive is the things that have to do with your brain and the way your brain. So cognitive functions is the way your brain works. So any mental act, anything that your brain has to do is a cognitive function. So let's say that would be um, even seeing things clearly. When you look at a paper, you the like the most efficient way to do it would be to look from the top going down from the bottom. Some yeah. people, they just see blur. They just see like a mush of letter and words. Now, yeah. it's not our fault. It's just the way their brain is wired. Some people, when they're looking for things, right, they look like all over the place. They don't look in any order. They're just looking in a mess. Well, if you look systematically, you work systematically, then your brain could actually go and find it. All these different little mental acts that we do on a consistent basis without thinking of it, all no. those stuff are cognitive functions. Right. And and why are they important for, you know, our, our body makeup? Why, why are they important to have? Because they're part of every single action that we do, every single thing that we do. If, let's say, for example, um... A kid gets something wrong in a test, okay? Yeah. You have no idea if it's because the kid didn't understand the question, they understood the question, but they couldn't process it with the answer, or they knew the answer and they couldn't express themselves. Now, all those use different cognitive functions. If you understand their cognitive functions, which ones you have deficiencies in, then you could go and change that and then your life will be so much easier. It, instead of like, you know, like you ever watch someone do something and you're like, that's just backwards the way they're doing it. And to them, it's like, but that makes so much sense. Like, obviously I'm doing it like that because that's how I did it the whole time. Yeah. That's the way their brain is wired. So yeah. That is why they're going to do it. Now, 
at this point in their life, it's easier because they don't know anything else. Or they're like, that's just harder. I can't do it. But if you take the time to actually try to go and practice it, their life will go and be more efficient. They'll be able to go and do more things. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I remember being young and, you know, I'm going through the stages of doing my spelling. Um, and I think I would spell on, uh, I would spell something incorrectly. And then what I would do is um, maybe I'm halfway there and I'm correct, but I would erase the whole thing and start again. And my mom never understood why I did that. And then eventually she was like, you know what, child, that's how you're wired, girl. Just you, do, I you go and do that. <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> um so yeah I kind of understand that you know if that's how people are wired then yeah yeah that's just easier for them I'm curious do you do that in other things besides foreign spelling like let's say you are baking a cake or I don't know you're doing something and like it messed up so you just like throw the whole thing out you do something and you're like I'm just starting all over again yeah um I I try to do that, but sometimes, you know, when you're so far in, you're like, oh God, there's no way of going back now. <laughs> Certainly not, not, not when making cakes. Not with, not no, with, no. Not with cooking or baking cakes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I'll just wing it and just be like, how does it taste? <laughs> That's super interesting. Super interesting. So how, how does that relate or how does it connect with intellect then? Our cognitive functions? What, what's, the, what's the relation there? Yeah. Yeah. So our cognitive functions affect our intellect because that will affect how you your how much information you could take in, how you could think, how you could process things, how you do everything. Like sometimes people could be really smart and they're just missing one cognitive function. Everyone has like a few deficiencies. So like depends which ones and how it affects more, but they're missing one part of it. So everything else makes a difference. I'll give you an example. I started working in the beginning of this year with a kid, nine-year-old boy who he was like, his mother's told he's like, mother told me like in first and second grade, he was such a good kid. But the past two years, he's just like, he can't sit still. He can't do anything. And he's just not like, he's not participating in class. Now I was like, okay, let me see the kid. Let me see what's going on. As soon as he came for the first session, I knew right away. It wasn't that he didn't understand the information because every time I asked him a question he knew the answer but he couldn't tell it to me he would have to draw it to me he would have to like take me somewhere to show me what it is right but he knew the answer every single time so I was like this kid's not dumb he just is missing a different part and what I realized that it starts in the first step by taking in the information he's not precise he doesn't know how to be accurate with information in the beginning so when he takes in the information it's not precise so when he says his information in the end he says the answer he can't say that precisely either right that's interesting that's a lot to digest yeah, yeah it's a lot in there <laughs> i'm like <laughs> my question is does that does it have is there an age for example someone that might be 25 Mm-hmm. Could they be doing the same thing that a nine-year-old is doing? Yeah. So actually, yeah. okay. So because of the way it's worked, like the actual papers that I do, we're going to discuss more like how people could apply into their actual lives without doing these papers. Yeah, but just from cool, these yeah. papers, it's the same. They actually have two sets, one until age nine and then like nine and eight till age, like 75. Literally, we had people who come who like, there was this lady who didn't want her daughter-in-law to come over because her house was such a mess because of the way her brain was wired at 75 she came and she did these things but because the papers are just fun sheets and the point isn't to 
finish the paper. The point is the discussions that come afterwards that bridge them to life. So let's say going back to this boy, it wasn't the fact that he made his lines precisely. It was where else in life does he have to be precise? Whether it's in math or it's in spelling or he's cleaning up his room, he wants to make sure he's precise. So that's why it could be for anyone because you adjust the conversation accordingly. Right. Uh, And whose role is it to be self-aware of this? Is it I take it if it's a child, it's the parents. But if you're an, an adult, are you supposed to be self-aware of this? Okay. It's somebody, yeah. It's a really good question. So when I'm actually doing sessions with someone, as a mediator, that's my job. The kids don't, like, obviously it depends. If I'm working with a 30-year-old, then we'll discuss it. If I'm working with a 5-year-old, they're not going to understand this. But as people become more aware of it, as we're discussing it now, people who are listening to this podcast, they could think think about how they're doing things like you just said about your spelling. I wonder if afterwards for the next week, you think about where else do I do these type of things? You're just becoming a self-aware. You're seeing, okay, where else do I like start? And then if I don't like it, I go back to the beginning and maybe you already changed your habits because you're not learning spelling anymore. So it could be, it doesn't affect you so much anymore, but where else is there something that it's like almost like backwards? Like you're walking the long route to go and get there you be aware of it and then you be open to see maybe there's something else I could do. Maybe there's someone else who does it a different way. Learn new things, Google new ideas. How could I do it? And just be open to try to see how else, else. is there a way to do it. Now I'm yeah. just going to warn you when you start doing it other ways, it's going to be hard because that's not the way your brain is wired. But after doing it for a couple of weeks, like any new habit, it becomes easier and you're actually more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the one thing I've always been conscious of is um, your thoughts creates your uh, drives your behaviors, and your behaviors drives your actions, right? At what point does cognitive cognitive functions relate to these kind of this process? Is it linked at every single step whilst you're thinking, whilst you're behaving, and whilst you're acting? Or yeah, yeah, that's a really good question, and I think the biggest part of it is. In the beginning, that's where we could change it in the first step, but it you could notice it. Like it will come out in the actions. Like my mom used to always say, like if we teach people Feuerstein or these cognitive functions and how to do that, then most of other like society behavior problems of like people misbehaving and not doing things will go away because sometimes people just won't understand something else. They won't understand another person's perspective. They won't know how to simply because of their cognitive functions and the way they're wired. Right. Right. I think it's some, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you, you're a, you're a coach, so you're able to spot this relatively easily. If you were to see somebody in the way they behave and the way they act, whereas I may not be able to do that, but I'll naturally end up judging them. Right. And I'm just saying me or anyone else, but that's not the right thing to do. So I think this has to be knowledge, which is, uh, pervasive to all of us and therefore we're not judging people as readily as we are right now yeah exactly right? and i completely real. agree we all have cognitive deficiencies every single one of us some people have more like it comes out more some people it comes out less but we all do so and when as soon as you know that then you're like okay so they have this cognitive deficiency i have a different one doesn't make a difference 
It's okay. And I think what's most important for this is for people to notice in themselves, to like think about how they're doing things, not how somebody else is doing something wrong because you can't change someone else, but you could change yourself. So if you focus it more on yourself, then it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've given us the example of the the nine-year-old. Can you tell us any success stories of, you know, your clientele and you know, how, how it's, how you started off and where it's gone. It'd be great to hear. So many of them, literally. I, I can love imagine. About it. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll start with an example with myself because I think okay. it's really clear to be able to understand. Okay. I have, or I, I don't know if I still, I would because they had it, but I'm in the process of it. Okay. I had this cognitive deficiency that I see everything by itself. Okay. So I don't see the whole picture very much like seeing each thing now. I just want to tell you that for every cognitive deficiency, there's something that could be really good about it. So for example, by me, I was always really good at cleaning up messy things. You know, like some people walk into a messy room and they're like, no way I can't handle this. Or they have to clean up a closet and they just get overwhelmed. I like didn't mind because I saw each thing separately. So I could like go and take one thing and go and put it away. Now, the problem with that was, let's say I was cleaning a closet. And there was a whole bunch of things that had to go from one room into the kitchen. Let's just say for an example. Now, because I saw each thing by itself, I would pick up the thing, I would bring it to the kitchen, and then I would come back and do the next thing, pick it up and put it where it belongs. And then a few things later, there'll be another thing that has to go to the kitchen. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But by the end of the day, that takes more time to keep on going back and forth to the kitchen. Instead... I had to learn, I was conscious about it, and I had to learn how to go and put everything in one pile. When I'm finished cleaning the closet, then I'm going to take all the stuff out of the kitchen and move it to the kitchen. Now, that is much more efficient, saves more time, and it just works better, right? Yeah. So that's one example. There was another major um, success story that that I would say is there, I have this client who actually was like older than me, like by quite a good few years, it was like really interesting. And she bipolar had like a lot of things going on. Yeah. And could not like stand reading. Cause she just saw words everywhere. Literally you'd give her a paper and she would start from the bottom up. Okay. I like literally at the trainer, wow. it's like, we look when yeah. like I'm wow. giving you a paper, get ready, prepare to look from the top. So that way you could look down now realize that was her whole life. Her house was a mess because Everything, she was just a mush, right? Now she could not under, she could not plan her day. She couldn't get to work on time. She couldn't do anything because everything was such a mess. And literally she learned how to work things in an order that she could make complicating schedules and plan parties down to the last detail with every single thing that is needed because we are working in a system. So everything just flows. And now it's not like, oh my God, I don't know what to do because you take 10 minutes, you sit down, you make your plan, you go in order of the day or in order of the party. Or if you need to pack, you go from morning to night or head to toe, however. It's organized and then you go in in order. Wow. That's that's really good. I I like your your own personal story. Um, So for our listeners who are out there and recognizing they have a cognitive deficiency um what are some of the tools yeah. out there i mean for example do you have any tools that you've developed or tools that you've probably tapped into in the past where they can actually practically start using to either correct their deficiency 
or enhance it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to be very open and just be curious. See, what am I doing? How am I going? First, just to figure out what yours are because everybody has them and it just depends what you're going to be doing with them. That's first of all. Then once you figure that out, you want to either Google or ask people and find out more ways and like just try on different things and then see which thing, like think about it from an objective point of view. Mm-hmm. what would happen if I would do this a little bit differently? Mm-hmm. Now, another big one is what we call bridging. One thing that you do in one place, you want to see how you could go and apply it in another place. So yeah. for example, if you're playing a game and you're having the strategy, you know you're saving this piece for the last because that would make the most sense or whatever it is. Now, When you finish the game, if you really want to improve your cognitive function, something that most people don't do, but it would move you so much further, think, what? how was I able to go and win this game? How was I able to go and do it? Think about that specific strategy. So let's say you saved a certain piece for the end. Now, how else could that affect other areas of my life, whether it's work, whether it's studying, whether it's running a house, and that I'm going to go and so-called save that thing for the end? So you're finding how you're successful in one place and bringing that success in other places also. That's great. Yeah. And, and finally, for me, um, what are some of the, I guess, books? Because uh, we find a lot of our readers, a lot of our listeners tend to be readers, which we love. Are there any specific books that you may want to reference for them to to maybe go and read or yeah, get or gain any, more knowledge? Or, yeah, or yeah. any type of resources, you yeah. know, online resources yeah. or anything, yeah. Yeah, I think one, this isn't so much um, a cognitive function book, but it's also about um, the mindset and this concept of being open and being more curious is called Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Ever heard of it? Yes. Yeah, that's a really good one just for in general. And I think also just even just Googling cognitive functions so you understand more what else it is. It's literally everything. It's comparing, it's matching, it's making decisions. All these little tiny things that we do throughout the day, the more you're aware of it, then the more the more you learn about it, the more you could be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank and how you. can our listeners connect with you, ST? Yes, so either on social media, Life Picks Relationships, or you could go to lifepicksrelationships.as.net. Is the picks with an X? Yes, you okay. got it. Cool. Guys, that will be in our show notes, so do check it out as well, um, as well as the books and the resources that ST has recommended. Um, it has been a pleasure today. It's been fantastic. I have learned something new. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite quite a deep, deep topic. Yeah, it? But, um, it, was, it was. It was fun. I think everybody needs to be aware of um, cognitive functions because we, exactly. we all have it. It's just being aware of it, right, and being, I guess, um, conscious of others. So now it's it's been, you know, I've, I've made a lot of notes. We will have a lot of notes on our show notes, yes, and guys. we will ensure that you can connect with St by you know sharing some of her handles as well. So yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for your time. It has. Thank it has. you. This was awesome. It was. It was. Thank you very much, St. Thank you, guys. Thank you to our listeners as well. Another week on Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. See you later, guys. Take care and stay safe. Bye. 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 For all the links to the resources discussed on this episode, click the details link next to the podcast. 
For any questions or topics you'd like to discuss, mentoring and coaching requirements, kindly drop us an email, support at cm-unwrapped.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, inch by inch you form a stitch and 1% improvement daily can help you become 37 times better in a year. That's absolutely staggering. Let's go get this, guys.